welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that gets us connected, perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. So I've got my co-host, Rick Bernardo. Oh, that's me. That's right. He he was a guest once upon a time and then has moved into being <laughs> my faithful co-host. Uh, he is an ethicist, a teacher, an advocate, a writer, a musician, a comedian um, who lives life finding connection and exploring ways of living grounded in ethics. That's my introduction. That all sounds exhausting. It does. uh, To me. I mean, maybe that's why I'm tired. (laughs) Did you have a good Easter? I did. I, 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 I. Kind of made food for people. Uh, uh, it was I just had to reheat it, and even then, I was just like, well, "Who said I had to reheat this?" <laughs> but I had wonderful guests. Thanks. Well, I had a lovely Easter as well, and and interestingly, I I have um, some comments that both Biden and Trump made as their Easter message that that I wanted to share today. So Biden's message about Easter was as we reflect today on Christ's resurrection, we are reminded that faith, hope, and love, even death, can be defeated. He also said, from our family to yours, we wish you hope, health, joy, and the peace of God that passes all understanding. Happy Easter, and may God bless and keep you. Mm -hmm. Now I'd like to share what our former president, Mr. Trump, shared. On Easter. Okay. He used it as sort of a launch of a passive-aggressive attack on um, his perceived enemies on Earth, uh, including the New York Attorney General Letitia Letitia James, who's um, investigating Mm -hmm. Trump. Mm -hmm. So his comment was, May she remain healthy despite the fact she will continue to drive business out of New York while at the same time keeping crime, death, and destruction in New York. Um, he also referred to her as a racist, and she is African-American. Uh, he also sent this message out, happy Easter to all, including radi- radical left maniacs who are trying everything to destroy our country. He does go on and say, may they not succeed, but let them nevertheless be happy, healthy, wealthy, and well. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, deep, deep spiritual stuff, man. <laughs> well, there's, there is a divide here. <laughs> we'll all have to admit there is definitely a divide. And what I find troubling is 85% of evangelicals voted for Trump. So this isn't a show about evangelicalism today, but I am fascinated by the religious right. And the re- religious right is comprised – predominantly of evangelicals. And my big question and the big idea I have today is, what about the spiritual left? We talk about the religious right, but but what's happening with the spiritual left? There's something happening out there. And one person who struck me this week as a leader of the left, um, she is a Michigan state representative Mallory McMarrow. I have a, a clip that I want to have be shared. Um, and she was attacked 
by her by by another representative and hideously accused of being a groomer uh, and grooming children sexually. Now, this is a young mother mm-hmm. um, totally devastated by this attack initially and and wondered why me. But in her contemplation of why me, uh, she decided to share her spiritual journey and beliefs. So, Dan, my producer, I'm going to have you share two minutes of the speech that, that, she, uh, that she stood up and gave. Well, here's a little bit of background about who I really am. Growing up, my family was very active in our church. I sang in the choir. My mom taught CCD. One day, our priest called a meeting with my mom and told her that she was not living up to the church's expectations and that she was disappointing. My mom asked why. Among other reasons, she was told it was because she was divorced and because the priest didn't see her at mass every Sunday. So where was my mom on Sundays? She was at the soup kitchen with me. My mom taught me at a very young age that Christianity and faith was about being part of a community, about recognizing our privilege and blessings and doing what we can to be of service to others, especially people who are marginalized, targeted, and who had less often unfairly. I learned that service was far more important than performative nonsense like being seen in the same pew every Sunday or writing Christian in your Twitter bio and using that as a shield to target and marginalize already marginalized people. I also stand on the shoulders of people like Father Ted Hesburg, the longtime president of the University of Notre Dame, who was active in the civil rights movement, who recognized his power and privilege as a white man, a faith leader, and the head of an influential and well-respected institution and who saw black people in this country being targeted and discriminated against and beaten and reached out to lock arms with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he was alive, when it was unpopular and risky and marching alongside them to say, we've got you, to offer protection and service and allyship to try to right the wrongs and fix injustice in the world. So who am I? I am a straight, white, Christian, married, suburban mom who knows that the very notion that learning about slavery or redlining or systemic racism somehow means that children are being taught to feel bad or hate themselves because they are white is absolute nonsense. So that was Representative McMarrow. Amen. Absolutely. Sharing her pain initially of how religion could make judgments about her and her family, but her conviction to serve and what her faith meant to her guided her in being able to say, no, this is too far. Love it. And I you, do too. You can hear the energy there. Oh. I mean, it's it's authentic. Yes. It's, it's not a... She, she ends the speech with, we cannot let hate win. And she is part of the answer of how we can't let hate win because if she stands by and not says anything and not does anything and not lives her faith, then she's letting hate win. And, and there are a lot of people that are turned off by the religious right, regulating what you can say, what you can do, what you can talk about, what you can think about. Uh, and a lot of us, I'll include myself in that, um, can label religion – as the problem. And it, 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 well, it becomes aligned also with white men who want to assert and take power. There's a toxic white male challenge that we've got. 
And we may feel unjustly attacked or turned off by religiosity. Um, But there are 8% of us out there, 250 million people they're estimating, are disillusioned with the faith that they grew up with and often leaving their faith not just because of an intellectual difference, but because of a trauma. Thanks, Laurie. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good to know. Uh, I, I believe there's a uh, an illiteracy about religions and spiritual dimensions that has allowed this to happen in mm-hmm. our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning, learning, learning about the truth is the is the answer, and there's a lot of good people doing that. And looking at if we have had a challenge in terms of not feeling um, aligned with uh, attitudes about sexuality, race, climate, choice, health. Um, how do we explore what is the, the liberal spirituality? What is the – there's the religious right. What could be the liberal spirituality? Uh, I think there's something there to dig. Now, I know I've used up most of this first segment. <laughs> to discuss what the rest of our show is going to be today. But I think it's important um, to to set the stage for what we want to talk about in terms of um, introducing our guest – who will who will join us for the net for the other segments? I'd love to have you just give a quick overview of who's going to be joining us in the second segment, and um, and and I will let uh, our guest introduce his guest, Father Vito. Yeah. So I'll I'll say a little bit more about where our guest is Tom Esch, who's been experimenting with stand up comedy as Father Vito. It's all in the spirit of Father Guido. Sarducci of Saturday Night Live fame. Uh, He's a former Catholic priest. Uh, He passed preaching but flunked celibacy. And he's healing and expanding his own story using humor, music, and creativity. Uh, And we'll come back and we'll learn a little bit more directly from Tom and me. Yes, but I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, say hi to Tom. Hi, Tom. We're glad you're here. Hi, Lori. Hi there. There he is. Would you like to introduce uh, Father Vito? And I think Father Vito wanted to uh, let us know about a show he's doing. Thank you. Thank you. Let me see if I can find the guy here. Vito, Vito, Father, Father. It's a Father Vito. Buongiorno, everyone. I'm here. So happy to see you and to see your naked faces here in the booth, guys. Uh, I do have a show coming next Saturday. Uh, I sound a little Norwegian there, don't I? My mother is Norwegian. My father's Italian. It's Saturday, April 30, 7 o'clock in Minneapolis. Go to Father Vito Facebook for all the details. F-R period, V-I-T-O, and do Facebook. You will find it. Uh, well, come back for the next segment where we learn a little bit of background of Tom and his spiritual journey. And we'll also hear from Va- Father Vito on some important issues of the day. So we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> and we're back at Connections Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Connections Radio Show is all about exploring ideas that matter. And I'm your your host, Lori Fitz. And we are exploring um, the liberal, the spiritual liberal. We hear about the religious right. How about the spiritual left? What does that look like? And how can we uh, talk about it, think about it, get connected on it? Uh, we 
we discussed in the last segment a little bit about what's happening in our world today. And we're going to drill down and have a wonderful guest share, us, share with us his journey. And I've got my delightful co-host, uh, Rick Bernardo, who is uh, an ethicist, a teacher, an advocate, a writer, a musician, a comedian, and who likes finding connections and has been really good about um, finding guests as well for our show. And tell us about the guests that you have brought today. Well, this is Tom Esch, and uh, I'll t- say a little about him, but I met him not too long after I moved to Minneapolis from California years ago. Uh, Tom Esch, E-S-C-H, is how you spell the last name. He's been experimenting with stand-up comedy since 2015 as Father Vito. It's all in the spirit of Father Guido Sarducci of Saturday Night Live fame. And he uh, got his start at Cass Lake Unistar Church Camp on a lake, on, a, on an island in a lake, kind of like Gilligan. Uh, uh, Tom's a former Catholic priest who left the priesthood in 1995. He passed preaching but flunked celibacy. He's healing and is also expanding his own story using humor, music, and creativity, and he invites you along for the ride. Uh, so, hi, Tom. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Good morning. What I enjoyed reading was your vision for your um, Father Vito shows, and you shared with me it's to channel transformation and healing for all who feel disconnected from their original religious community using humor, music, and courageous vulnerability. What I'd love to have you do is share a little bit about your background uh, in becoming a priest. I mean, you had a, a sense of a calling uh, and a euphoria in first finding God. Uh, what was that like? And, and I also know that you ended up at uh, Notre Dame, very much like um, our representative McMarrow that, that shared earlier. Just give us a little snapshot of that journey that led you to become a priest? Yeah, I'm not that person who grew up dreaming of being a priest as a boy. It came later doing a lot of youth ministry at the St. Paul Catholic Youth Center, Lori, and emerged into a gen- what I thought and believed was a genuine calling to ministry, and I loved it, loved serving people, loved celebrating Mass, preaching, teaching, taking people to the homeless shelters, um, being an activist for justice, Huge euphoria and joy in my life, in ministry and being a priest. A lot of preparation and a short time, actually, as a priest. But I loved it in South Bend, the wonderful people and some uh, Polish, Hungarian, and Hispanic parishes where I worked. But during your time as a priest, there were some discoveries that you made in terms of painful revelations. Um, Women that you knew that had been abused, uh, children that you discovered that had been abused. And I can't help but believe that that took a, a hard hit on on how you felt about um, how it felt about your religion. Yeah, it was very painful, Lori. Early on in the my seminary world, I learned that uh, two priests that I knew quite well had been abusing, uh, one women, one men, and devastating. And in both cases, I knew the whistleblower. And so it was, I was very close. And these were very large stories, people known all over the world, priests well known. And it hit me deep that somebody of this status and power and privilege could do something like that. 
and was part of the reason I was never abused. I never did abuse, but it's certainly part of the reason I left fairly early believing I can't pull this lifestyle off and I'm not willing to cheat in any way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of pain there for sure. And on that painful journey as you you left the church uh, trying to discover who you were, I love the story that you told about uh, going to a cafe and working at a cafe as a, a transition, and yet there it was what voice were, was calling you and who were you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about I, that. I worked at a place called Ed DeBevick's. You might know of it. Uh, a restaurant slinging hamburgers, you know. Month earlier, I'm a priest celebrating Mass, getting a lot of privilege and respect from the parishioners and the third grade class standing up. Good morning, Father Tom. And then month later, I'm slinging burgers for nine bucks an hour in character as Sal Paradise. And, oh, and Sal Paradise, we do have, for those who don't know, yeah. uh, as a uh, Kerouac character. Yes, On the Road, one of my favorite books, especially as I was leaving the priesthood and hitting the road. I read that book and loved that book. It was my Bible for a while. But that I had some parishioners visit me at Ed DeBevick's, and, and a good friend, Diane, uh, came up to me, covered my eyes from behind me, said, guess who? And I started guessing, and it was Diane, and it was a little freaky because <laughs> I was her priest a month earlier, and her husband was there, and her kids were there, and I was also known as Father Max because I took the name St. Maximilian Colby when I was ordained. So the mm-hmm. children are looking at me saying, "Hello, hi, Father Max. They thought I was still a priest because they were young kids. Yeah, oh, yeah. And she was my friend. She was calling me Tom, and her husband was calling me Father Tom, and my name tag said Sal Paradise. <laughs> and I told a waitress, I said, listen, I can't give you the whole story. I just want, I just have to tell somebody I'm having a little identity crisis today. Oh. Which I just love. I mean, you know, it's really a question that follows us to this day. Who are we? I mean, and there's so many Mm -hmm. people that know us in different ways and different situations. Mm -hmm. And when we have those intersections, uh, it has, it's like a moment of either clarity or disconnect (laughs) in trying to figure out what's next (laughs) uh, and who really am I and, and where am I being called to? Uh, and what is my spirit leading me? And what is my spirit? And that that pain that that you've talked about um, had some uh, moments of big questions. And if you want to share what those big questions were for you at that moment, yeah. Well, the who am I is perennial for me, Lori. That's yeah. one of my deep life challenges in my life. Some people seem to know who they are. I'm married to a wonderful woman who knows. She's a massage therapist and healer. Has been mm-hmm. so for 32 years. Super clear. Mm-hmm. I'm not as clear. I'm. 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 I'm I, I bounce around a little bit. It's one of my challenges. So certainly, leaving the priesthood shook that up again because I was so sure this was a great fit. Loved the work. I just couldn't pull off the lifestyle. So then, who am I? Well, I'm a waiter for a while and came back home. Finally, my mom. She said, Tom, maybe it's. Time to come home and get on with your life. My mom is a huge influence in my world, and uh, as is my father. And, and I eventually got on and slowly figured out the other chapters. But it was not easy. Uh, several years of deep grief, leaving uh, good friends and people I love deeply and a community I love deeply and my vocation, my calling, my job. I left my job, my identity, and I feel like I'm still recovering it, Laurie, in some ways. And the, and the isolation. Isolation, absolutely, from my church of origin in, in some ways and from many close good friends in South Bend and elsewhere, sort of 
kind of left it all, hit the road, and kind of recreated my life. Age 33, I had $500 to my name, Mm -hmm. a Chrysler LeBaron, and about eight boxes (laughs) and a future. Like, what next? next? Who am I now? With that, we've all had a chance in the last few years to be experiencing isolation and perhaps not to the depth that you were searching. I think we've all kind of been looking at um, who am I, what am I doing, how am I doing, and all of that good stuff. I love um, some of Father Vito's um, uh, perception or perspective, perspective on COVID. Mm-hmm. So, so perhaps uh, Father Vito, if you want to introduce him again, uh, can share with us some of his ideas about how COVID, um, I think what his last uh, statement to me was before was COVID was good for business. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about yes, Father well- Vito. Well, COVID was a tough lorry for many. You know, six million plus died. So let's start there. Very rough and tough for every everyone in some way. And uh, also very good for business. Purell, crazy profitability. Funerals are up. Cremations, way up. That business is on fire. I mean, it's hot. And uh, leaving everyone in the dust. In fact, Father Vito... Uh, yoga studios has now health and cremation services. Would you like to know what they are? Certainly. I'll give you a little snippet, not the whole thing, but we now have three options for you. If you do, if, if all every goes, thing goes bad and it's the end, we then can do cremation. It's okay now. It's permissible by the church. You just can't pick certain songs for the mass. Like you can't pick Burn Baby, Burn Disco Inferno. That won't go. No. Another one bites the dust. Anything with dust in it. But we will do services for your loved one. We can take those cremains, put them into an aggregate and into a concrete mixture, and we can pave the church parking lot with that. We call that pave paradise, put up a parking lot option. Oh. And, and then, with, with that, I'm going to have yeah, to put you on pause. Father, okay. Father Vita, why don't you go ahead and share with us uh, the, the performance that, that you'll be sharing? Yes, we are going to have a show, Music by Paul Esch Band, at Solomon's Porch in the South Minneapolis next Saturday, April 30, 7 o'clock. Tickets online. Go to Father Vito Facebook. Just look up FR period V-I-T-O Facebook, you can get all of the information. I hope you can come. Fabulous. And in our next segment, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about ritual and the ritual of uh, Father Vito's uh, performance art, uh, and and some of the uh, the roots of that in um, our friend Tom Esch's work as a priest. So stay with us. It, it'll only get more interesting. Thanks, Father and Tom. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and I have Rick Bernardo as my co-host. Rick is an ethicist, a teacher, an advocate, a writer, a musician, a comedian, who has been generous with his time and kindness in inviting guests to our show. So Mm -hmm. welcome. I'm so glad you're here, Rick. Thank you. It's so great to be here. And we have two guests this morning. One is uh, Tom Esch, uh, who since 2015 has been experimenting with uh, performance humor as Father Vito. It's all in the spirit of Guido 
Father Guido Sarducci, you may recall from Saturday Night Live fame. Uh, and Tom is a, a former Catholic priest. He passed preaching but flunked celibacy. He's healing and expanding his own story using humor, music, and creativity. And Father Vito, though, on the other hand, the other guest we have here is from Italy. He uh, studied in Rome, which I looked at the map, and that is Italy. And, and, and that's all when he's not teaching yoga at Father Vito's Prayer Power you yoga studios so let's start to say good morning again to tom good morning Hi, tom. Tom. good morning guys thank, thank you for sure we, we left off the last segment talking about ritual and you have a wonderful story about uh being at uh, notre dame and uh ritual in a in an interesting way that i'd love to have you share yeah, when I was in the seminary, they had a good football team. Lou Holtz was the coach, and there was a theologian from Germany who wrote the RCIA program in the Catholic world, a pretty major figure in the world, living in the seminary for that year. And he went to his first Notre Dame football game. And then <laughs> that next morning, Sunday morning, he sat with us and, and shared how he experienced that football game as a giant liturgy. And he interpreted every piece of what he experienced that day. The opening music, the Irish guard coming in as the procession, the readings, uh, the sermon or homily, uh, the conclusion, the whole thing to him was a giant, beautiful liturgy, so the ritualized. So the conflict between uh, the teams, is that sort of a good and evil thing going on there? <laughs> good question. I didn't. I forget what he said about the uh, opposing the energy, but certainly, yeah, the devil, the other team would be the devil. They had a famous t-shirt, Catholics versus convicts in the University of Miami game, so that's there too. Yeah. All right there. All right yeah. there. Well, I am fascinated with ritual because art has its own trajectory of ritual mm -hmm. as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And there is a sense of being in community as mm -hmm. you're in a theater. And there is a message that's being mm -hmm. performed. We know over the ages we've learned through stories, middle uh, ages we had uh, Camille dell'Arte coming out and giving us lessons. The Catholic mm -hmm. uh, stories were to help us understand uh, growing, mm -hmm. especially in the times when we didn't have books. There were stories that, that were shared. And these are all languages yeah. that, that are not just words. And I've shared before, Edward mm -hmm. Harper said once, damn it, if I could say it, I wouldn't paint it, okay? <laughs> so, so you could do other things in these other languages. That, that, mm -hmm. yeah. and, yes. and art is ritual. So I'm fascinated with how you gave ritual as a, a priest mm -hmm. and provided mm -hmm. within a faith-based institution ritual. And the search for creating ritual with art, you've mentioned that some people go expecting a comedy routine mm -hmm. and realize as they go there, it's really more performance art that mm -hmm. is a, almost a commentary, but it also mm -hmm. has its own flavor of being a ritual as well. So tell me about that. Well, a good friend, John Johnson, came to a show. He's a former Lutheran minister who left and did corporate management consulting for many years. Very successful guy. And he came and said, Tom, I love the show. I came expecting comedy, and what I got was church. And that's one of the highest compliments I've been giving. I want it to feel spiritual. I want to... I believe laughter is one of God's favorite prayers. And I'm trying to create some ritual within the service. I always do the sign of the cross. I have a little Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and they say nothing. And then I say, 
No, you are supposed to say, when I say Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you are supposed to say, they caught the last train for the coast. <laughs> because that's how it feels when you think God's gone or God has, you think God has left you, whether it's COVID or a trauma or your own life. We feel God is goodbye gone. Um, so I don't know if that answers your it question. Does, it does. And I, I think it's interesting that there are different people that have different reactions where some people open up and go, ah, I remember this. I love this. There's a euphoria that can become an art that can be fun with mm -hmm. music. The music is moving. The music mm -hmm. is inspirational. You, you pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. But there are others that go, oh, wait a minute. He's insulting. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. This, yeah. He's making fun yes. of my faith, and I don't like that. And I, I, I'm uncomfortable yes. with going to a place that could be um, disrespectful. Yes. So tell me about that. Very good. And, and you know, comedy is risky, as we know now. It, it's a full-contact sport yeah. from the Oscars. <laughs> yes. I, I'm going to be wearing boxing gloves next Saturday <laughs> night. I kid you not. It's, it can be dangerous, right? right. Um, so, uh, you know, you have to— you have, ask your question again, Laurie. I'm forgetting what you said. The different reactions to presenting yes, the yes, humor yes. Thank of you. God within yes. what feels like yes. a service. That's right. Is, is it yes. creating a greater awareness and opening yes. up people to possibility and thinking in new ways? Yes. Or is it an no, it's a great question. Great question. And Comedian, comedians walk the line, of course. Yeah. I'm pushing the boundaries. But yeah. most who come to the show self-select. They mm, know yeah. that I'm going to dress up and talk in a bad Italian accent. <laughs> that has some Norwegian. And I'm going to a little Norwegian <laughs> hint to it. And I'm going to poke fun at some different things. Right. We've had a, we have had a couple people way far on the right politically and also very conservative and very orthodox, Catholics or others, mm -hmm. Wisconsin, Missouri Synod Lutherans who may have voted for Trump and still love Trump, mm -hmm. which is fine. They don't enjoy the show. No. So if you're listening and you're in that camp, don't sign up. You won't enjoy it. But 99% of the people who've come to my 30-plus shows love it, feel enriched by it. And I, I do want to challenge a little bit people's perceptions. And I do want to invite people to healing and growth. And sometimes there's a pain in that or a tension in that. And if I can find the humor in it and the joy in it, it releases some power that's really beautiful. And I, every show I laugh myself, people laugh, and I cry. Every single show I have some moments of tears, usually off to the side, because there's music. We mix comedy with music, and that's a bit of a ritual right there. Everybody knows I'm going to speak for five, eight minutes. We're going to have a beautiful song by the Paul Ash Band. I'm going to speak, say some things. And then Mrs. Bunnyman shows up, my cousin Mary. The show's called Vito, Paul, and Mary. It's Paul Ash Band, Vito, me, and Mary, Mary Bunnyman. It's my cousin Mary Ash, if you're listening, Mary. Mary Bunnyman may be the best part of the show. She, she can easily upstage Father Vito. People love what she says. Funny comments. Uh, I don't know if you want to hear one or not. But sure. She she says, uh, you know, she says, uh, hey, the pledge committee has renewed their pledge slogan this year. It's going to be, I upped my pledge, up yours. So <laughs> if if somebody finds that offensive, they shouldn't come. That's about as deep as we go. We keep it pretty clean, but we do walk the if, edge. If there's a financial advisor and they should up, up their assets. Exactly. <laughs> their assets. Yeah. Rick, Sorry. you are funny. Sorry. But yeah, uh, that's the spirit. About humor, though, you and I have talked for mm -hmm. uh, going back years about yes. humor. And uh, what gives permission for people to 
be okay with walking that line, and mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and we've also you know, and I've talked about well, there's got to be a, you got to have a sense of trust, mm-hmm. and I, I people can smell whether you're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So once you get up there, mm-hmm. part of the ritual tends to always be how. Do, are these people going to know they can trust me? That mm-hmm. I'm okay? That I don't mean don't mean harm? Yes. That that gives the permission to go almost anywhere. Yes. Anyway, people say that the Father Vito character is very kind, very gracious, very generous, and and this is why I know it's not me because I, I don't <laughs> I don't associate with all those words necessarily. <laughs> but the character is full of. Goodness and great, and he, he's welcoming of people's frailties. He's not a judgmental person. He's a, he's a welcoming, beautiful spirit. Um, he has a Catholic edge to him. He, he's, he's in the tradition. Right. Father Vito's not outside the tradition. He's on the edge of it. He's almost out. He was in prison recently, but he is in the tradition, and he's not leaving. He's in for life. And, and doing these performance art pieces. Mm-hmm. Tell me about part of your healing in that. Oh, that's beautiful. I almost want to tear up just thinking it because I still am healing. I think we all are healing in some ways. Um, And just doing it is super healing for me. And having the conversations as I'm preparing it, talking to people, planning it. I mean, I'm actually writing the material, marketing the thing, producing it. If anybody's run a show, we right now have about 110 people who are coming, registered. The space holds about 150. We may have 150. It's a big deal. Um, So what I find is as I'm planning and doing it, all these little moments of healing and and challenge. Also, I'm stretched. I get stretched. Sometimes I overstretch. Sometimes I push too hard or and so my own healing happens there. But on a deeper level, I think I'm reintegrating my Catholic faith, Lori. I'm not someone who regularly goes to Mass. I wish I could. I've tried. But I was at a Good Friday service this year that was so powerful for me and so meaningful for me. This work deepens my own spirit, opens my heart. It changes my prayer life. I pray better when I'm doing these shows. Mm-hmm. And it's good for business. My business grows, too. (laughs) That joke is partly real. My own consulting business always does better when I do shows, which is, to me, a sign of confirmation that I'm doing the right thing. And that you're better express. I think there's something about when we feel fulfilled and we're happy that— that spirit is contagious and people yes, want to be around it, whether exactly. it's in consulting or on a radio show or wherever. It is that that spirit that probably lit you on fire when you were in high school yes. in terms of that connected to something bigger. Yes. And looking for that again, mm-hmm. I think we all have interesting paths for that. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about in the next segment um, some paths to think about in what some people are calling um, uh, ex. Oh, what is it? There's ex evangelical. <laughs> what, what could be the post evangelical? Uh, what could that look like? Um, and where we can have where we can be brave about uh, spiritual left. What could that look like? So, uh, Father Vito, if you wouldn't mind giving us one more uh, update on the show that you're having coming yeah, up. Yeah, so we do have a special show, Vito, Paul, and Mary. It's called Vaxed, Taxed, and Relaxed. Next Saturday, April 30, 
at Solomon's Porch in the south of Minneapolis. Go to Father Vito Facebook, F-R period, V-I-T-O Facebook. You will see all the info on the tickets and info and everything. You will love it. Come. Uh, and you'll love our next segment. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we have Rick Bernardo, my co-host. And we've been talking about uh, talking about faith, uh, our connection about faith. What does it look like? Uh, we hear about the religious right, and I'm advocating for us to explore the spiritual left. What does that look like? Where could, where could we go? There's a lot of disillusionment out there, a lot of pain uh, in looking at spirituality. And our our guest that Rick has brought uh, has done a lot of exploration as a former priest, and now he's doing performance art that celebrates the ritual of bringing people together and rides that fine line of letting us laugh at the familiarity, question into things that we are questioning into as as faith-based people. And I'll let our friend Rick uh, give an introduction to Tom and Father Vito. Oh, just because we've been listening to Tom and Father Vito, uh, but again, Tom is uh, Tom Esch, E-S-C-H, is, uh, has been experimenting since 2015 with stand-up, uh, it's more of performance art, really, uh, as Father Vito in the spirit of Father Guido Sarducci of Saturday Night Live fame, and he was a... F- He's a former Catholic priest who uh, passed preaching but flunked celibacy, and we have him here this morning. And we were just talking about um, the ritual involved in all kinds of presentations, from football games to you name it. And uh, it's it, 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 in, a, in one hand, on one hand, it shouldn't be a big surprise because most of the colonial world has a background of mass behind it in the understructures of what everybody was expecting. Education and uh, mass were all done in a certain way for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that's sort of undergirding almost any performance art that we have today. Um, There's also roles we were talking about. And you and uh, all of us were talking about what role can we fit into to find a meaning in in our life. And sometimes it overlaps and sometimes it's hard because when the context of our lives uh, is missing community and missing the conversations that support, oh, yeah, this is who I am. It's it's really difficult. Uh, I also like that there's lots of different reactions to your performance art, yeah. uh, being one being aha and, and and joy and and, and celebration, and, and others that are like, no, this is uh, blasphemy. This is this is making fun of things that I don't feel comfortable. Now I'm in the former. I find mm-hmm. it quite funny, mm-hmm. and I'd love to have you uh, play a song for us that that you played for me before uh, that I enjoy. I believe it's called. Plastic Jesus? Is that the... Yes, it's called Plastic Jesus, and it's a song that uh, I'll have Father Vito play it here for me, because uh, I can't play it, but he, he plays and sings. But he was in prison, and he was on the prison boxing team, actually, you guys. <laughs> he got hit with a spiritual left and a religious right. That's what knocked him down one time. But he wrote, he, uh, wrote uh, and played this song while in prison to comfort himself. You may know it. Okay, Vito, take it away. 
I don't care if it rains or freezes, long as I have my plastic Jesus riding on the dashboard of my car. Glows in the colors of pink and the pleasant, comes in the colors cause it's iridescent. Take it with you when you travel far. You want another verse? Yeah, go for it. Get yourself a pink Madonna, dressed in a rhinestone, sitting on a pedestal of Abalonia shell. Going a 90, I ain't scary, cause I got my Virgin Mary assuring me that I'll not go to hell. <laughs> Grazie mille. I'm kind of <laughs> laughing and crying. That's a good. That's what I want. Thank you, Father Vito. That's a perfecto. <laughs> that is, that is Thank you too much. to certain people, that's a well-known song. Yes, yes. I think I wrote it, but maybe someone else did. Yeah, I well, they know it one way or the other from you. Uh, yes. yes. Well, laughter... And connection, and laughter is a way of saying, as Rick has shared with me, ain't that the truth? And you have Quincy Jones. I've always thought a big laugh is really a loud noise from the soul saying, ain't that the truth? That's what (laughs) Quincy Jones would say. So in our last segment, we only have a couple minutes, but I always like to encourage people to have a takeaway to think about. one very easy takeaway is go see Father Vito. I think it, it, you will enjoy it. Um, it will be an experience. But bigger than that, um, I'm encouraging you to think about your own journey. Uh, what does that look like? And I know that there are folks out there that, that may feel um, disillusioned. Um, how do you find that center again? And I think there are many people, uh, there are many paths to find that center. Uh, a, Uh, David Gushi, who wrote After Evangelicalism, um, gave some suggestions just to think about in terms of um, what does that, what could that look like? Um, And part of it is being able to breathe air. (laughs) And he talks about like there's many paths, but very often we get stuck in a stale room that doesn't have much air, um, that recycles the air. But Really finding our path of who we are is is discovering that we can breathe and we can uh, breathe richly. Uh, so with that, I'm going to encourage you to perhaps find God through humor uh, as, as one of the paths. And I'll let Father Vito in the last few seconds of the show um, share where you can come and hear more of his insights. You can come to Solomon's Porch in South Minneapolis next Saturday, April 30. To get the tickets, please get the tickets um, online. Go to Father Vito Facebook, F-R period, V-I-T-O Facebook. You can get all of the information, and I hope you will come. You, we would love you to be there. And I would love for our audience to look uh, to hope and not fear in the weeks ahead as we face so many. Tom Esch, uh, thanks for being with us. Father Vito. You're welcome. Bless you. You're welcome. Grazie mille. (laughs) And we look forward to having you join us next week as well. Have a good week.